Welcome to Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything podcast. Join me every week for insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their roller coaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. I'm your host, Anna Liebel. Let's take this ride together. Hi, Genius Leader. I'm happy you're tuning in again. So this time I want to present you with Jonas Friberg, and you'll hear the presentation as the first part of the our conversation because it is a bit of a different episode today. This episode is a recording of the live events that I hold every month. They're called webinars, and I invite uh, guests just like for the podcast episodes, but we do it in a live format with people joining us on Zoom and being able to chat with us, ask us questions, and uh, share their experiences. So if you want to join the next webinar, let me know. I will share the link to sign up for the newsletter in the show notes. And please do it that way or just email me and I'll make sure to add you to the lists for the next ones. They happen on first Tuesday of every month and I will be very happy to see you there next time. So enjoy our conversation with Jonas about leaders I want to follow. Welcome, everyone. I am very, very happy to see you at this live event of our monthly events with today's topic, Leaders I Want to Follow. As I said, I'm Anna Liebel, Leadership and Team Development Consultant, and I work with founders and leaders in the corporate world to help them reclaim their zone of genius. And we're going to talk about what is genius leadership today with my guest, Jonas Friberg. Jonas is a co-founder. He is an ex corporate leader. And why I invited him is actually his role as a facilitator in professional leadership networks at the moment. So in that role, he has managed to meet over 1,500 of leaders and gain a lot of insights in what are those guys doing to make them successful? What are those guys managing to succeed with their companies and their teams? And out of those 15 plus 100 uh, leaders, Jonas picked up 25 who inspired him most, 25 leaders from very different backgrounds in very different industries, leading a lot of different teams from small ones to the huge corporations. And he interviewed them, going in depth uh, about their leadership. And he figured out what are the common denominators for those leaders? Why do I as a person want to follow them? And this is something that we will discuss today. So we'll share some inspirational stories from our experience, both mine and Jonas, from those interviews. We will share some data from the research based on thousands and thousands of 360-degree uh, assessments, seeing how that confirms what Jonas has found, or maybe it doesn't confirm. <laughs> Let's see. So Jonas, warmest welcome to you. Thank you very much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. We're both a bit of a geeks in leadership topics, so we can talk about that for days and hours, right? <laughs> but we'll yeah, we've we've also been been talking a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really connected on that level with you. But we'll be really mindful of your uh, time, everyone, and we're very grateful for you really taking time in your day to be here with us. And I'm very happy to see some of you on the camera and some pictures of your of of the others. This is extra pleasant to, to see the connection across the borders. So, Jonas, I yes. want to hop on and start with the question, what is leadership to you and who is a leader? Ooh, 
for me and for the people I've talked with, leadership is the one going first, not the one knowing all things or, or knowing how everything should be, but someone that, that has a strong will of achieving something and really uh, wanting people to follow and really want to learn from others. So I, I should say that a good leader is someone with empathy and curiosity and a strong will, if you, if you want me to say just three things. You, you're allowed to, t- to say more and we'll discuss m- many more than those three, I would say. Absolutely. You have touched in, on the things that research also is showing that is very important. Empathy in different forms of it, being able to emotionally connect to people, for example. The research is showing that's one of the most uh, important factors to be an inspirational leader. To be able to inspire the others, you need to be able to get a bit into their brain and in their hearts to understand how they think, how they feel. And with that, bring them on board, right? You don't talk only about how you see the world, how you see the mission of your company and so on. You are trying to imagine how the others see the mission, how they see the world and talk their language if you want. And with that, you really can bring them on board. And I know, Jonas, that you are talking about uh, the different levels, right? We Here today, we want to cover both the strategic and this kind of high-level picture of what leadership is. But I know from the feedback of, from you who have joined the previous webinars that you also want some practical tips. How on earth do I do it on a day-to-day basis? And we'll talk about both those levels and actually the connection of that, right, Jonas? Because you are thinking that this is something that a lot of people are missing, this connection there. Absolutely. If I, if, if I go back to my 25, the 25 leaders I would, would like to follow, what, what the similarity between them is that they absolutely, without any, any concern, uh, going up and, and down, if you like, between the strategic, the tactical, and the operational level. Because you can't do, as many of them say, you can't be a strategic leader if you don't know the business you're you're responsible for if you're not aware of what's happening in the in the critical points between your business deliveries and your customers or how your employees in the front line how their everyday life look like so i think what what is what's most most important we, we those 25 many of them are on a definitely a high strategic level but they are really curious about what's happening on the day-to-day basis, not not as a as a sightseeing, something they do that, that they do every day. And I, I want to talk on talk directly on this kind of day-to-day level. How do we make sure that you as a leader know what's going on on all the levels of the company? But all right, so Jonas, how do we do it on on the practical level? How do we make sure that we we know the day-to-day operations of our business? Be present. Uh, make sure that that you. Uh, find a way of being present in the daily operations. Of course, if you have 7,000 employees and your, your, your business is spread over the whole country or the whole Europe, you need to, to find a way to be present to make sure that you get to know the feeling of what's, what's happening today in your organization. What are people talking about and what, what, are, what are the concerns? I uh, To tell a story, which one of them told me that um, I had a network meeting with a bunch of CEOs talking about uh, yearly planning and strategic strategic planning. And um, one of them came from a very big company 
And one of them came from a fairly large company, but he was he was also one of the owners. And I think they had about a, a couple of hundred employees. And, and when they talked about strategic planning, the, the one from the big company said that he needed more information from the organization. He needed more reports, more analysis, more, more um, a huge controlling base. But the other one said, no, I'm, I'm at the factory every day. I take a, I take a walk every morning. And it, it has never happened that the things that I see in the morning and correct together with my friends uh, at work, it's never happened that that came a couple of days later from, from a report. You need to be part of the, of the daily operations. But you can't be at every place, of course. Yeah, of course, that that's a good point. But in practice, how do you see those leaders managing to be present? Because I see a lot, especially in the big organizations, where there are a lot of levels of leaders, and there are many of them. And unfortunately, some corporations, the meeting culture is overboard, right? You have too yes. many meetings. And especially the managers are running from one meeting to another, which are blocked minute to minute, back to back. And they don't have time to be present. How do you spin out of that wheel? How do you hop off that and actually start being present for your people in a meaningful way instead of it's running? A way. I think it's a bit prioritization. You need to prioritize your, your, your calendar. And I think, you, of course, if there's a le- layers of layers, the most important part to be present at is the, the operation, uh, where the critical, if you're, if you're managing a, a retail chain, you need to be seen in, in your shops. If you're a CEO of a bus company, you need you you need to make sure that that you when you go to work, you also take the bus. Yeah, so that you, I think what you should do is to make sure that people see that you care about what's coming out for real in, in from your business. Yeah. And I came to think about some examples from my time working in project management in Volvo Cars, yeah. where when I worked at the infotainment, we had a lot of functions in that system, and every function had their own owner. And for for these function owners, their function was their baby, right? They were protective of it, and it was difficult to take decisions that affected several functions. It was very complicated, and there were quite some heated discussions. And what I realized after a bit of working with them, quite a lot of those guys have never sat down in a test car and seen their function in the whole system and the whole car environment. So I became best friends with our test validation in department so that we would on a constant basis get time in the cars so that guys my team would be driving the cars and understanding and it was so amazing to see how those guys were just like the bulbs were litting like ah oh, that's how you experience my function that's what you were talking about when you were trying to explain that to me in the powerpoint at the meeting and they started discussing and i made sure that they were sitting down with the different function owners not with the same team with whom they work every day on their function but in the same car driving at the same time there will be different guys responsible for different parts of the system and they started talking to each other and they started understanding each other on a totally different level and it was the same for me like I want to understand what we're talking about. I want to be in the customer's shoes because otherwise I'm just looking at this very limited screenshot or whatever it is, framework on the PowerPoint uh, at the meeting. And I take a totally unrelatable or totally like very bad decision. 
based on the limited information that I have. So it's very good to get this holistic picture. And again, the same when I was responsible for the uh, cost optimizations in the same department, I would get some initiatives from wherever in the organization. And we would, I would need to investigate whether those would really save the money for our, our organization. And what I did quite often is go into the factory which was a bit of a hassle. You need to get special permissions. You need to get someone to, to walk you through and so on. But that was really worth it because I would meet with the guys and say, okay, we want to do this in-house instead of suppliers doing that. Do you have, like, how would it affect you? And they were like, we don't have space to put that tool in. And boom, there are a couple of million euros of investment coming that we would not have considered in the investigation. So it is very important to, as you say, Jonas, being present in the operations and day-to-day and think about the whole process of from your idea to implementation to market to how the whole life cycle of the product or the service that you're providing will actually happen. Yes, and as you say, if if the top management shows that you should be part of the daily operation, all the, the rest of the company will do the same because you set an example. You asked earlier what 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 is leadership and leadership is setting examples. Mm. And one of the the person I've talked with this summer for the book, uh, she was the CEO of a, one of Sweden's um, largest pharmaceutical uh, chains. When she started as CEO, she decided that she would give 30 days of visiting all shops uh, in Sweden from north to south, shaking hands and sitting down with each and every one of the shop managers. Mm-hmm. So... Not that she didn't understand what, what they were doing, but showing examples that the most important thing for her is to, to show uh, that she's supporting the, the, the people doing the work and getting, getting the money in. But I also think there is another perspective right now in, in this uh, corona times when top management understands, really understands the, the living of the daily operations, you will, you will be much faster in adapting, adopting to different things happening because you can't right now decide what you should do tomorrow by looking how, how this date looked a couple of years ago because you need to understand. And I think that is also one of the important things to using the elevator between the strategical perspective and, and the daily operation. So how does the elevator work? Tell us. <laughs> I, I, as, as I said, I think it's the most important thing is that that you prioritize time in your calendar to show people that you are out in the in you are you are where the customers are. You are where your employees delivering the things to the customers. If if that is building a car, you should be at the factory floor. Is if that is uh, selling drugs <laughs> at the pharmacy, you should show the other parts of the company that you are prioritizing to be the support for those doing the work. Yeah. So I think there's no easy way. The other thing, the only thing you can do is to, to make sure that you, you understand and you show yourself out in, in, in the business. And you talked also about being emotionally attached or engaged. Yeah. Not emotionally attached, emotionally engaged. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, all, all those 25 I've talked to, they, they, they are all very curious and they are uh, and curious both about their company and the technic- technical parts but they are also curious about people they want to know how other thi- how, how others think how others think about what they should do and 
they are really interested to know how people in their own company or otherwise at any other, other places think about their business and what they should do. So mm. if I'm, I'm looking at those 25, they very easily uh, moving themselves between, not shows between being empathic and being direct, but they are uh, fully uh, embracing the complexity that you you need as a leader to have an opinion of where you should go. But you have to understand that you are not the one having the best ideas which way you should go or which, deci- which uh, decisions you should make. Most of those 25 talk about that solving problems is something that you do in groups. So you should have an opinion on where you should go, a very clear opinion on where we're going, but be curious about how other things about thinks about it. We have a question here from Ralph regarding the first point we discussed. Now, when a lot of people work remotely, how can leaders be still be present? Any thoughts or insights from your interviews, Jonas? Show I, I had one one of them talked about being flexible. She has a, a quite huge uh, IT department and they are working from home, most of them, but she has made she, she has, she's been traveling around, uh, making dates with them, taking a stroll in the park or sitting at a bench, taking a coffee. Not every day, but, but some uh, time during uh, each and every month. Of course, that's not possible for all, but, but that is a way of thinking. Be flexible. Someone can go out having a, having a cup of coffee at, a, at a, a cafe and someone can't. But then you can take a walk in the park mm. or lift uh, the phone and, and make a phone call of course but but the easiest way is to is back to the curiosity or the empathy thing being interested in how people are for real mm. this is very good i i love it that you talk use the word curiosity because this is what i use that i say that Great. i actually help leaders get curious both about themselves and about the others, their employees, their customers, their other stakeholders, because this is something that makes leadership so much more fun. Yeah, and one, Just, one uh, and, and also let yourself be touched by things that happens. Be in Swedish, be påverkad av, at be berörd av. So be touched of, of what what's happening. To let yourself be touched. But I think there it's very important to know yourself good enough so that you don't get drawn into you, you get emotionally influenced by but you don't get into some depression or spiral down and and there where the so that's where the self-leadership comes in and, and is very important for us yeah. to catch the patterns catch our thoughts and understand okay now i i get emotionally attached instead of just emotionally engaged <laughs> exactly and as some one of them uh, said, that be be aware of making decisions when you need to, not when you're able to. So Can you make sure elaborate on that? You, uh, what what he said was that make sure that you take the right time to make the decision. Don't rush into decisions when when it's not needed. Mm. And I, that thought taught a lot about that myself because he has a very long history in in fire department. Now he's he's the CEO of the Öresund Bridge, but he started his career uh, in in the fire brigades. I can also see a pattern because there are other people I talked with that has been in the military or the fire departments or in in security. And all of those are very 
they are very aware of the need for making decisions because uh, you can't in those types of business you can't say well we need to rethink this and get a new uh, new <laughs> new research uh, if you don't make a decision that is also a decision so they uh, i find that people being brought up in that culture are even when they are in other parts of, of of businesses they are very very aware of when to make decision and when you don't need to make decisions but you always need to be aware of what's happening so so this is a difference between the the thing that you need to understand what's happening all the time but you, you make decision when you need to make decision or you have to make decision I want to read a couple of comments here and then we continue. So Stain on Christine wrote, in my view, it is crucial to be interested, curious about all components of the business. People are the absolute most important component and without them, nothing happens. Employees and customers will know if you care about them and their success. A question to you, I guess Jonas, and maybe both of us, are leaders you talk to quick enough to adjust to the new work situation? It can be harder to show care and empathy when meetings are all online and people do not meet. There is less small talk and questions about what people are uh, doing outside of work. So we tapped a bit on that, but I think we can uh, elaborate a bit more about the speed of adjustment, because I think this is something that we can also touch on. Absolutely. I think that when I go back to those 25 uh, uh, talks we had, we had a couple of talks with, with some of them, but uh, a lot of them said, please, can't we have a physical meeting? We could have a Corona-safe meeting somewhere, but just I, I need, when we should talk about these important things, we need to be present. I, I, I hate digital. But I can see that, that this was during the summer, but I can see when I talk to leaders now, our expectation of uh, digital meetings have have increased since March. We we are more the, the quality has been better for the meetings. But I also think that a lot of leaders have have been more precise in arranging the meetings because uh, in March you had you just put the, the same type of meetings you had into a digital format. But now you've been more now people are being more aware of the different types of meetings. And, and one of them is that we can't have a, a management team meeting for three hours digitally. That's, that's a disaster because we can't be, we can't be aware. Uh, we can't be alert for so, so long time. So the good leaders or the genius leaders are the ones uh, designing the meetings for a specific purpose and not making all meetings look the like. And mm -hmm finding ways of getting those that that information you normally get in when you meet uh, at a coffee machine or you you have the, this this start talk when you talk about holidays and children and what you do to find ways of getting that that type of information because you as a leader you have a responsibility to, to know how your your co-workers are both physically and, and mentally Absolutely. And here I would like to uh, circle back to what I had my first webinar about, the three-dimensional leadership, is that you, whenever you are leading, you're leading in three dimensions, one-to-many, so a group of people, one-to-one, -one, so you have a relationship with each of the people you're leading, and then dimension of one when you're leading yourself. And I think it's very important to keep all these three in mind when you are trying to move this being present into the digital and the vir virtual world that we're forced to work into uh, in today. So, for example, you can have a coffee break 
one at 1 p.m. or whatever at the time every day and it's some uh, same link no one has to uh, admin it or anything it's just the same link and people just drop in and my, my husband has been using it with his university colleagues he would just drop in if no one is there he continues working and sipping his coffee someone drops in 15 minutes later and they have a chat about something re re related to the university or just general chit chat that is called creating this virtual water cooler in a way yeah Yeah, absolutely. You need, as a leader, maybe take the initiative if that hasn't been done and create that space. But it shouldn't feel like someone has to be responsible for it. Some, someone has to be forced to join every day and those kind of things. Super easy. You're just creating the space and then people are free to use it or not. And the same yes. with the one-to-one. -one. Maybe suggest, as Jonas said, have a walk together. I'm actually taking some of my clients' calls on on the walks, if I know that that will be good for that person, if that will be perceived from their point or like their way of learning and, and getting the information, we actually take virtual walks. And my clients are in different countries. So whatever the situation, our work will be virtual. But sometimes it is walk because I know that that will be actually boosting their way of getting the information and speeding up the transformation that they're going through. And then the same with leading yourself, the dimension of one, Show the others that, okay, you took a break from work to go and train or take a walk. Post something about that. Create, a, create maybe some uh, Slack channel if you're using Slack for your company communication that is just for this kind of virtual water cooler <laughs> discussions. Drop the things there about how are you keeping sane? How are you being creative about finding the space in your place to work despite kids being homeschooled and those kind of things? And don't set the expectations to be perfect. I think that, again, goes into this being emotionally present. You are showing that you don't know all the answers, but as a leader, you're trying and you're ready to try and make mistakes and be open. Like, okay, this actually went south. Let's try again. Let's try in a new way. But you're showing your people that you're present, that you understand the challenges, and it's not a walk in the park for you either. That You don't know everything. You've never gone through a pandemic and leading other people. Maybe you've yeah. gone through the crisis 10 years ago, but still that was very different. So, Absolutely. As, so, as you say, leaders are humans and leads by example. Actually, one of, one of the members in one of my network groups also uh, works, as you said, with, with open meeting spaces uh, digitally during the whole day. And she said that they feel that they are more connected now than they were before the, the, the homeworking era. So I, I really think that you can be more present using tech digital tools, but you need to understand how to use them and why you use them. And if anyone is interested, I after that three-dimensional leadership webinar, I actually had a resource sheet with a lot of different initiatives that you as a company can use for leading in those three dimensions. So if you're interested in seeing that, just let me know, drop me an email or connect to me on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to share that one with you. So here there is a, a comment, Jonas. I don't know the name. It says OPPO. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Uh, but the, the comment says, the pandemic showed organizations that their real assets are employees. Don't you believe that HR sector needs to be developed more to provide more support to, to, to them? And I actually wonder whether you have had discussions with your leaders about how they are engaging HR, uh, learning and development, maybe diversity and inclusion people in their organizations. Of course, but I think uh, I think you should strengthen strengthen the leaders rather than strengthening uh, supporting parts of the company. 
But of course, for every company, and and, and I think the, the interesting thing with all artificial intelligence coming, the people are getting more and more important mm. uh, all the time. Uh, and even with a lot of E, we will have a lot of, of more focus on, on, on people. So I, I really agree that, that people are the most important asset for any company. Perhaps as for HR, it could be as it is for IT. For IT has been is has been in many companies. It's, it's my my experience now. Have been someone that are delivering things to the leaders that are managing sales and and marketing. But IT is now being a part of development, business development, and I think it's the same thing for for every every part of the company that they need to be part as you talked uh, Anna, about about the development for cars that you you need to be be part of of the core business all the time from that perspective yes i think hr should be strengthened in in the way of, of helping help being their part of the total uh, total building so to say yeah and uh, people are commenting here like Sen and Christine uh, that she really likes the open door or virtual water cooler uh, idea and then Muath also said that he likes this digital open space idea yeah. so we're happy that it, it's landed I also wanted to tap into another uh, or give another example of how leadership can be present or can, how you as a leader can show your presence back in the consultancy times of mine the CEO of our company had a rule of I don't remember how many days I don't want to lie but he would have on a constant basis lunches with people whom he doesn't work directly on a daily with so their company restaurant or company canteen, he would just grab his lunch and go to someone's table and say, hey, is it okay if I have a lunch with you today? And he knew people by names. He, he would always talk to the cleaning personnel and all the admin people, the receptionists and so on, because for him, it was important to know all the parts of organization. And he was like, Obviously, I want to talk to the cleaning lady. She talks, she walks around and she hears what's happening in every department without kind of being filtered that, oh, the CEO is in the com- in the room. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't talk about those things because that is the way for him to get feedback and to then come and say, hey, guys, I know that you're struggling with this. How can I help you? So this is another way of being present and you can do it virtually as well. Of course, it's not the same, but maybe order a lunch to a colleague of yours with a delivery home and say, hey, can we have a lunch date virtually? Just try to be creative. And it comes again to being curious. I, I actually have a story about that. Like I had a member in another network group a couple of weeks ago. That was an incident because um, it was not meant to be like it, like, like it turned out to be. Because uh, everyone in the company was invited to a digital conference at the same time. But that what what was a mistake. But but all most of the people stayed at this virtual meeting and started talking with each other. So the, for the first time, they were seventy people at the at the same meeting with no agenda. But but all of them talked about it afterwards. That 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 is something they should should do again. But then as planned. But mm-hmm. this this was a mistake. Someone had invited all instead of instead of <laughs> instead of a group. It's really interesting to do to do to to use that for to use the the technique for other purposes and, and than you normally do. Exactly. And we talked a lot about leading in the new times now with all the virtual reality that we are living in the moment in. That creates extra complexity. And I know that you, Jonas, in your interviews have noticed some patterns about leaders and their 
relationship with the complexity. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, as, as I said earlier, the, they all all those twenty five, which I like, <laughs> uh, fully embrace uh, complexity and and the thing that I am not the one having all the answers. The task for me is make sure that this company, this organization, or what it is, are going forward in a, in a certain direction. And I need all all perspectives to do that as 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 best as possible. So complexity being taking yourself time to reflect and reflect together with others, uh, especially as you said, with with all people in the company, even the cleaning the cleaning lady or or the one in the reception, because the the people in the reception they meet everyone. So, so they—that's the best way of getting the temperature, the state of the union right now—is to talk to them, to to those people who meet them. And that's, this is something that also the research is showing with all the thousands of 360-degree assessments. The embracing the complexity and being champion of change, showing the positivity, showing the belief that hey, guys, it's it's not easy, but we're gonna go through it. And keeping tapping into the mission and the purpose is also very important. So those things help you to be an inspirational leader. One one of the one one of the people I I talked to, he said that his his days are full of uh, moving from being uh, at, at the first of the company and the last. So to be uh, to to be with the one uh, holding the flag going out on the ice. Mm. In, in, in each and every second, there are uh, issues that you need to be the first guy. You need to go out uh, showing the company that the ice is, is uh, thick enough. Mm. <laughs> but in the same time, there are, are issues that you need to, to be at the back. Mm. See the company or, or the organization moving, moving forward, perhaps also holding things back. So you need to move as you need to move between the strategical perspective and the operational perspective. You need to move from each and every time when you should be the one taking the first step or you should be the one holding things back. And again, here with those, all these juggling and balance in different dimensions when uh, you are as a leader, another thing that research has shown now in this year of last year now, <laughs> I'm still living in 2020, in the pandemic, that the successful leaders who led their teams and organizations in 2020 have managed to refocus on the balance between the deliverables of the team and organization and the personal needs of or individual needs of your people. And that's, again, another balance. Usually in normal times, let's say, the perfect balance shown by research was approximately 60% on the deliverables, 40% on the individual needs. And it turned around during the pandemic times. The successful leaders were paying more than half of their time on seeing how their employees are feeling. What do they need as a support? Maybe they need something to set their home office. Maybe it's something with finding a therapist or a coach for them because it's really tough for them mentally. Or it is something about the deliverables, setting up new meetings so that they get information that they need and so on. And then based like and, and less than half of their time, so 40%, is focusing on the deliverables. So yeah, it's it's complex. We're not saying that leadership is easy, but no. as I said, with the curiosity and right mindset and the tools, it can be fun and purposeful, and you feel like you're contributing to the better world. Yeah, and I think I think uh, another thing that that I can see from those twenty five is that they they really love people. They're interested in people and love people, and 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 want people to have 
it's their best uh, in each and every second. And uh, I just saw that Elizabeth just wrote, I once explained to a company owner that I was meeting with the delivery guy 10 times a year and with the salesperson once a year. So which one is most important for you? Of course, that's the, the delivery guy. <laughs> and, he, and he's the one that's having the best opinion of, of how you are as a customer, of exactly. course. They are your face. And as you said, the receptionist people, they are the face of the company. They yes. are meeting. And if, they, if their meets are not met, then every visitor that comes to your office is meeting a maybe grumpy person. And they're not grumpy because they're bad. They're grumpy because they have some struggles. We all have. And you as a leader, if you notice that and you can actually take care of that, that's bonus points for you. And it's a win-win-win, really, for you as a leader, for them and for the organization and for everyone who is meeting the organization. Yeah, and also, also a very that for me, it's I, I can't understand organizations that put reception on on outsourcing, because then you you have you don't know who's sitting there, and you don't you don't have the possibility to get that type of information, and that's really important information, I think. I think. Actually, didn't plan to to discuss it, but my uh, business mentor Kelly Roach, she's a U.S. based uh, business coach, and her group is, uh, team is growing like crazy, and she has over a thousand of clients at the moment. She has scaled her business significantly, yet she sees every single employee. So on her team, she has a full-time person whose job only is to talk to us customers. So her responsibility is to once a quarter, talk to every single of us for at least 15 minutes. We have those customer support calls where she just asks, goes through the question records, and then she collects this information, analyzes this, and brings back to Kelly. The same with our accountability advisors. They talk to us. They ask us. They bring that information to her. She can't physically talk to every single one of us, but she knows what's going on in every business that is her client. And this is an amazing leadership example for me who that is showing that it is possible. You can find the ways. Yeah, it might cost you another, like, extra person in your team. But that, the return on investment on that is huge. So what else do you think, Jonas, we, we haven't covered that you have discovered and you would like to share with our audience here? Oh, yeah, as, 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 uh, as uh, Jamila writes, um, I suppose leaders use more time learning and less time leading. That depends on how you de- define uh, leadership. But as, as we started, I think the most important perspective of defining leadership is that that walk the talk, that you 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 lead by example, and then you don't need to to, to tell people what to do because people will do exactly what you do, what you and and the the rest of of, of the management team or the leaders or the people in the company, the things that's that it is good things to do. That is something that people will do. So, so leading by example, I think, is the most important thing. Well, and then, then you need to know, as you said, you need to know yourself and you need to know why you are <laughs> in that position and what you want to do with that position. Absolutely. And I actually got to wonder to Jamila's comment. I would say that for me, it's not about learning versus leading. I would say that those are two parts of the same process. As, as I said, you never know the whole picture. You don't, never know all the answers. And by leading, <laughs> you learn. So it is an iteration process and they are quite integrated in my head together. So how is it for you, Jonas? I, I agree because I, I, I'm more of, of the curiosity makes that you're, you are interested in, in learning and you need to, you will, will, will dig into why things are as they are. 
And why do people do like that? And why do customers do like that? And you understand the needs behind it. But I think I go back to to things. What 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 they all twenty five talked about in different ways was courage and vulnerability. And I think that is goes back to leading yourself because you you need to be brave enough to show that you don't have the, all the answers, and you need to be brave enough to show that you are you are human. You you are not. Uh, better or or worse than anyone else you're you're also human and you need you you were you you function like a human and then you need to show people that you can you can you can do wrong things but you you uh, you talk about yeah and there we tap into the psychological safety right the yes. one of the key factors for the productivity in the teams how costly it is to be myself how costly it is to have the opinion that doesn't align with the others in the team and actually voice it and be heard, those things you as a leader are very much responsible for <laughs> to build that culture of uh, safety, of psychological safety. And that is, as Jonas said, it is by example, by showing that, hey guys, here I was wrong. <laughs> Let's redo. It's very important to also to spend time communicating. And that again, something that research is showing that inspirational and successful leaders are effective communicators. And I don't want you to check out when you hear that and like, oh, I'm not effective in my communication because that comes with practice. The more you do it, the better you get. And it's again about being vulnerable and, and being ready to get the feedback and, and hear like, what do other people say? When I have information, Share this piece of information. How did people perceive it? What happened outside of, like, after that? How, and then you just circle it back to, hmm, does it mean that I miscommunicated that? Was it not clear enough? Was it not visionary enough? Was it not detailed enough? So keep practicing and it will come. And the, the fascinating thing that I've seen in the research is that they say inspirational leaders are effective communicators and they spend time on communication. And this second part is super important for me. It's really about practicing. It's really about improving. And it's really about showing that you care and you put effort into this. Because as we discussed so many times during this conversation, people is the most important part. You can't go far alone. And I actually wanted to share another leadership model quickly about how to reach extraordinary results for you as a leader and for your team as an organization. But first of all, for you as a leader. So if you imagine three circles, one of them being your competence, those things that you know well, and then the other one, your passion. So those things that you enjoy doing, you can do them for the whole day. <laughs> you can come to work at eight and leave at five and doing those things, you just you, you were just on the playground and enjoying what you've been doing. And then there's the third one, organizational needs. And if you find this area where all three intersect and use your time and energy as a leader, putting it into that intersection of passion, competence, and organizational needs, you will reach extraordinary results. And to go one level further or one layer level higher, think about the purpose. More and more in the last years, we have been talking about this, right? That a lot of people, they need to not only come do their work and then get the paycheck in the end of the day or every two weeks or every month or whatever, the meaning and the purpose in the work, seeing that they contribute to some higher goal is very important. And again, if, that, if you can tap into that as a leader while 
reaching your extraordinary results, that will be a mind-blowing and very successful combination to use. So Sami is writing good inspiration and seminar. Thank you so much, Sami. Yeah, thank you. I just uh, thought about that the thing that you said about the the complexity and and uh, even though it's uh, it's complex to to be a leader, one of the the, the thing that you sh- you you must be able to do is to communicate the core thing about the company in an easy way, so that every, each and every one could could align to that and and share that mission and vision and passion or what you want to call it. It is a combination of everything, right? And Jamila is writing, I agree with you, great leaders I met didn't have to lead, but did it when they had to. People yeah. follow true leaders willingly. And I have to, I've also met leaders no one wanted to follow. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> all been there. <laughs> and We're all um, been there. I, I, I keep thinking about my role models for leaders or those people who teach me about leadership most. And one of them is my daughter, who is two years old. <laughs> and she shows me by her example that people do as we do, not as we say. And I keep reminding myself that whenever I'm annoyed by that, <laughs> sometimes I just turn it into gratefulness because she or gratitude, because she's showing me that that's the same is happening with the adults. And she's just giving me a great reminder to work on myself every single day, to pay attention to what are my thoughts? What are the words I'm using? How am I showing up for my clients, for my audience, for my team, a small but still team, for my family? So look around yourself and find your inspiration and your reminders and be grateful for them. And sometimes it can be a bit irritating, but as I said, tap into gratitude and the learning of that event, the journey, that moment. That's one of the last tips that I would like to I have I have a, a small thing we usually do in some of my network groups when we talk about personal brand, mm-hmm. which is I think each and every one can use. I use it too sometimes. Ask five people uh, in your surroundings. That could be family, one family, colleagues, people you met for the first time. Ask them for for three things that they uh, see or think about you and uh, compare those five and see if there are things that everyone sees. And I think that is a, that's a very easy we, easy uh, tool to, to talk about your own, your own personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. Ask people around. Don't, st- don't stay in the vacuum. The way for you to learn is to really learn from the others around you. A lot of people are, great, are like grat- grateful here, thanking for the live Thank environment, you. for the inspiration. What would be your three tips for our audience to be the genius leaders that they can be? I had three, but I, I think I uh, arranged, rearranged them because you said psychological safety. And I think that is the most important thing to make sure that, that the people you work together with are, are, feel safe enough to, to dare tell you things that you do wrong. And execution, make sure that you show people that when you decide things, you do them. Mm. and reflection make sure to reflect on what's happening because i don't know if there is someone said that that use 95 percent of the time defining the problem and five percent solving it so Mm. i think reflection is really really important so uh, psychological safety execution of and reflection i think that's most important love it 
Thank you so much, Jonas, for thank you. Thank sharing you for your having insights me. and inspiration. And thank you, everyone, for joining. Please reach out to us, connect on LinkedIn. We'll be happy to continue the discussion. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you want to hear more insightful conversations about leadership, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your colleagues, friends, and communities. Do you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on topics or guests? I'm happy to connect with you. You will mostly find me on LinkedIn, but also on Facebook and Instagram. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything.